Welcome to the Maria Heller Show, on the net since 2000 and still going strong. If you feel like you're not getting the real news, if you feel like you're not connected spiritually, you have found your home. Maria covers a wide range of topics as only a snarky New Yorker can. Straight up, no chaser. No censorship, no corporate sponsors, thus true freedom of speech. Your subscription gives you unlimited access as a member of the smartest audience on earth. Relax and enjoy the education. Now here's Maria. Good morning world, Maria here, alive and kicking. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. And believe me, there's a bigger picture going on on this planet than most people even have any idea of. With my co-host, my friend, one of the best spiritual teachers on the planet, in my own estimation, Michael Rakia. If you haven't read his books, that should be your homework for 2022. Get all of them. You don't need to read them in order unless you choose to. But if you don't have this knowledge, there's no way you can survive what's going on and what's coming What's coming besides? So, good morning, Michael. Good morning, Maria. We, we're connecting again. Yes. An, another year at a, at a close, almost. Another year, almost gone. And I keep reminding people constantly, as Michael Rakia says, everybody's getting ready to celebrate the messenger, even though they never got the message. Yes, absolutely. And on and on it goes. And the biggest worries, I mean, here in America, God... You have pictures of actual leaders in our in our Congress who are posting pictures of themselves and their children with with huge guns in front of their Christmas tree. Uh, <laughs> and I always think to myself, what would Jesus do? So, what kind of parents do we have in this world that are their children? are given, you know, a weapons of mass destruction as a Christmas gift. I don't I don't even get it. I mean when I was a kid I was I was happy to get Play-Doh for Christmas. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we chatted a little before the show and I was like my, I was just thinking about my parents and my father would be looking at this world and saying, What the hell is going on? Of course he'd be saying it in Italian with a few expletives. Yeah, but uh, it's it's great to, to know that our parents are out of this. Me, I agree. I agree. I often tell people I'm jealous of people that die because at least yeah. it's over. You trip on this maniac planet, it's over. Uh, yes. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm finding. You know, I have clients all over the world, Michael, and I've been getting pretty busy with people calling me, you know, anywhere from, you know, Iran to uh, Austria, especially Austria, um, you know, the UK, everybody, Canada, uh, all of them in a total panic over these lockdowns and these forced vaccines, the mandates. Now in Austria, you go to prison if you don't get the shots uh, and just trying to calm people down. I don't know what your uh, experience has been. It's a similar experience. And it's, as you know, I, I post on Facebook daily, if I can. And we're putting out further messages from the Soul Group. Uh, and we have to remind people that the power lies not with earthly power, not with earthly government, <coughs> but within each of us, the God power that each of us has. And we've been pushed into this 
state of believing that we need to be afraid, that we are powerless, that we can't do anything, because that's part of the agenda, to, to, um, to take away any sense of personal power that we may have. And yet we have the greatest power in the world, the greatest power on the planet. That's the power that lies within our hearts. That's the light that we can stream into this world from our hearts. And it is the only power that will change things here. So this is a time, yes, when people are are panicked and afraid, but it's also a time for them to unite and to know that even if they can't physically unite with people in other countries, they can spiritually unite at given times and they can send out that light en masse uh, to change things, to, uh, to, to redress the balance, to make sure that the field is, is changed from a negative field of human consciousness to a light-filled field of human consciousness. And at that point, everything changes. And I know it sounds as we go down this dark road that that is something that is a, a fairy tale or a fantasy, but it's not. It's how things work spiritually. It's how things work on an angelic level. It's how things work on a universal level. And it's still how things work here. But we've forgotten that. Right. And part of work at the moment is to remind people of that and to encourage people to send out, send out, send out the light every day. You are not powerless, you are powerful. You are more powerful than the politicians, you're more powerful than the governments, you're more powerful than the agendas. You have the power because it's pure, it's harmonious, it's spiritual, and it's right. So keep sending it out, keep uniting, keep on keeping on, and let's overthrow this darkness. Right. Well, you know, we talked a little before the show about what's going on since this seems to be a worldwide plan and you called it a a worldwide tyranny. Yes. And, you know, you also said history repeats itself. And I think this is one of the themes of Joseph's books, of course, particularly the book on the fall, where we've discussed this many times uh, on the show that we took a misstep aeons ago, which plunged us into a state of negativity. And that core memory on a spiritual level is still with us. Mm. And until we do things differently, it rises up again and again and again. History, our own personal spiritual history, repeats itself until such time as we say, no, enough of this. We got things wrong. Let's work in tandem with universal law and universal principles to put things right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've talked about reincarnation in uh, past shows, I think, at great length. Many of the people that we see in positions of power today are the same people who were in positions of power, relatively speaking, at the time of the fall. They come back, they do it all again. Their followers surround them, and their followers get power, and the same thing repeats and repeats and repeats. We've got to stop this Groundhog Day. But the only way we'll do it is if, en masse, we recognize what we are, that we are spiritual people. We're not material beings at all. We're in this material spacesuit to allow us to go through this experience on Earth, but we are spiritual people. And as spiritual people, we are part of each other. We're part of God, and we are able to channel that God energy, however you want to, uh, to, uh, to name God, uh, uh, you know, perhaps as the universal energy that flows through us, the universal goodness that flows through us, the universal love that flows through us. We 
turn away sooner or later from that misstep that we took. And until that time, we, we might banish this present tyranny only for it to rise again, either in a few hundred years or, or closer than that, or in a further civilization. We've got to eliminate that negativity from the field of human consciousness. And so this is a time for power to the people, as it were. Power to, power the, to the angelic beings that we really are. Right. Regardless we're being told to do. Mm. We've got to get that light out together. Right. Well, you know, not that you'll see it on mainstream media. Uh, here in the, in the oh. United States, I'm sure it's no different where you are. But, you know, I surf, uh, I surf uh, some of YouTube, some of BitChute, and there are hundreds of thousands of people in every country on earth protesting against this tyranny. Uh, but, of course, the media isn't going to give us anything but fear 24-7. Absolutely. I mean, I pretty much close every show at telling people to remember to beef up their spirituality because that's the only thing that's going to keep us strong enough to get through this madness. If you lose sight of that, then you're a part of the crowd and you're going to go along to get along, as they say. And, uh, you know, my my guess is these maniacs in charge just want to kill us all. Yes, I agree. So... (laughs) Well, why would they want to do that? Why would they want to do that? I think I mentioned this in the last show. And uh, very often, uh, uh, film and TV uh, brings through um, impressions from a higher vibration, unknowingly, in that uh, writers for film and TV, because they feel that they are writing and they're not writing about reality, uh, turn off their conscious mind and plug into the subconscious. 
I'm reminded of the, the Batman film with Christopher Bale. I think it's the second one where there's the Joker involved. And he asks, uh, the, uh, Bruce Wayne asks Alfred, his faithful butler, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Why is all this destruction uh, taking place? And he says, Master Bruce, some men just want to see the world burn. Mm. And I think that sums it up because evil is chaos. Evil adores chaos. Mm -hmm. And the more chaos it can produce without logic, the more it's happy, the more it's fulfilling its purpose. So that their only purpose is to create chaos, to create madness. Mm -hmm. And we've got to say, no, we're not having that. Well, if you, you go mad, you want to be insane, fine. Don't include us in it. We're not playing your game. We see through what you're doing and we connect with our spiritual hearts and our spiritual source and we are more powerful and stronger than you are. Well, I'm sure you remember that uh, film V for Vendetta. Which, oh, absolutely, yes. And, and, you know, that talk about predictive. That movie okay. is, is, you know, was the same kind of story. You know, oh, there's a virus, everybody has to be sequestered until everybody decides to come out in their V mask and take their yeah. government back. Uh, yes. And, you know, call it predictive programming, call it a prophecy, call it whatever you want. Uh, but the way they disappeared people for speaking against the state. You know, there was so much in that one movie uh, that, you know, people really need to wake up and see that here we are. Uh, and, and if you buy into the fear, you're as good as gone. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a, a friend that I cannot talk to about any of this. It's when he, when he connects with me, sometimes he comes around, he won't now because we've got further restrictions tonight being announced. Uh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I cannot uh, talk on any level to him about this because he's completely uh, blind to what's going on, completely. Hmm. And will not investigate. And I could say to him, look, I can, I can give you a list of top consultants, professors, uh, politicians who have a different view of this, and he wouldn't watch any of it. Well, because they're shut down, but they don't understand that by shutting down, they're making a soul decision. They're making a yeah. decision for their very souls. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not like, you know, buying white bread or buying wheat bread. This is where your soul is literally on the line. Uh, yeah. And I don't think people really get that, you know. But I'll tell you something interesting, Michael. I was at the gym yesterday, and there's this old guy. He's usually there on one of the bikes next to one of the bikes I want to use. He's just told me he's 82 years old, and they had... Uh, Newsmax, uh, which is really a crap news station, on the TV. And he thought he knew what was going on, but we, we, we talked so much on the bike that I totally flipped his view on politics, on the world, on everything. And all in 35 minutes, which of course gave him, he said he ended up biking five miles instead of his usual three. <laughs> But he, I, one thing he kept saying is, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And there's no way people can know if they're going to depend on the media. Yes. You know, I mean, my show, I'm putting out the truth all the time. I mean, well, my website's getting attacked like crazy. Uh, but 
people know at least are in the know that listen to me and, and i can sleep at night with knowing that i gave people the truth yes you've done what you can and this is a time for, for doing what you can if if people out there feel they 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 don't agree with what's going on they have to stand up and be counted right it's no point it's no point saying, well, I've, I've got to look after my family, I've got to look after my needs. You've got to look after everybody's needs. And unless we stand up and be counted, things will get worse. Right. Well, let's, you know, the topic for today that I wanted to talk to you from your latest book, The Spaces Between, which I don't know how many times I've recommended in just the past two weeks. Because uh, a lot of people feel like they're under attack. A lot of people feel like their lives have fallen apart. And I said, have you ever read The Spaces <laughs> the spaces Between? I said, because I'm finding that a lot of what's happening with people isn't coming from them. It's coming from external forces. Yes. Uh, and if we go back, you know, go back in time to when we were kids, uh, the world was a different place. We never expected uh, that, you know, in the same lifetime, we would see what has happened to children today. And children is the topic today because the government here just came out with a report as if it was a surprise that there's a tremendous rise in mental illness in our children in the United States Uh, because they have no normalcy in their lives, okay? These mandates are keeping people from having any kind of normalcy in their lives. Then on the other hand, I'm, I'm sure it reaches the UK. I mean, they must look at the, the United States as the Wild West for sure. We've had so many children committing mass murders, co- uh, making these ghost guns and shooting their siblings. Uh, and then we have members of Congress who pose with their family with weapons of mass destruction and all I can see is little kids today who are going to be the terrorists or school shooters of tomorrow. Uh, and, and you say, you know, how normal is this? What has happened to parenting? Yes, indeed. Indeed. That they don't protect their children and just go along with what they're told to do. This is your child. This is the, 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 the human being that you put most attention into. The human being that you wanted to bring into the world to nurture and to, 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 to feed with the right information, to give them the best start, to give them the best life. How can you not defend your children? Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's just insane. Well, and then you have parents who are aiding and abetting their children uh, in these mass murders. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're aware of the latest story of the, you know, kid that went in and shot up his high school, even though the parents were aware the kid had problems. Uh, they bought him the gun on Black Friday for his Christmas gift. And, uh, you know, the next week he took that gun to school and shot up the school. And now the, the first time in American history, the parents are being charged with manslaughter, as well as the child. Uh and the parents basically abandoned their child when he got arrested. They went on the run. They were found. And they hired themselves a top lawyer, but they didn't hire a top lawyer for their son. Their son's going to have a public defender. I mean, I look at this and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Uh, and it's scary because in the same town, then they got a lot of calls for copycat events. 
uh, you know, one sheriff uh, yesterday, the sheriff in charge of that, had another shooting he had to investigate in the same town. Uh, so talk about mental illness. I think it starts, yes. I think it starts with the parents. Yes, and also at this time, the field of human consciousness that we constantly talk about in our shows and that, con- uh, that Joseph constantly mentions because it's so important, has become stronger on the negative side. Mm-hmm. And no man or woman is an island. We are all psychic to a certain extent. So the vibrations that are impinging on us at the moment are far more negative and violent and fearful and depressive than they were a few years ago. And so we are being influenced uh, by, um, by a negative field that we are contributing to if we don't stand fast and send out the light, if we don't surround ourselves with light and our families with light, if we don't uh, uh, make our houses and places of work fortresses of light that the field can't get into. So I think it's hardly surprising, it's terrible, it's awful, but I think it's hardly surprising that there are more violent incidents that there were because we're feeding the field and that's part of the agenda. We are feeding the field with such negative emotions and such violence and such fear and that field is feeding back those emotions, those states of being to us. Hmm. Uh, So again, we need spiritual protection and in the morning we need to surround ourselves perhaps Visualize that we are in an egg of light with with a silver light around that uh, and constantly top up that light throughout our day as we interact with other people. Absolutely. Well, you know, when we get into the spaces between and Joseph starts talking about children, uh, this is something that I wanted to to get a little more in depth with you. says that children are part of each other. Now, I know, you know, I've read the book, but most people would not understand what that sentence means. Yeah. And that they should be, he says, doesn't he, that that this should be encouraged at school for them to understand as early as possible that they are spiritual beings and that they are part of each other. And to have that respect and love for each other. And that there should be times during the day when they uh, are still. I mean, uh, we have a school just at the back of it, and uh, it's, it's a primary school, and uh, the, the children there are never at rest, never. I remember when uh, I was at primary school, you used to have to get your head down in an afternoon for half right. an hour. There were little uh, mats on the floor, and you'd got to go to sleep for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we, there's no stillness for children. Uh, everything is, 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 su- is such a fast world, the technology is so fast, and they're not given the opportunity to contemplate. They're not given the opportunity to be still. And the furthest thing from the teacher's mind is to teach them that they are spiritual beings, that they are little angels, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has to be introduced into schools. There has to be that respect for children. There has to be that kindness to children and that promotion of kindness from children to each other. Right, but instead we see, you know, bullies, kids that have been bullied who then decide to take a rifle to school. Um, And, you know, listen, my kids were bullied when they were little too, okay? But they felt safe enough to tell me about it. 
But I think some of these parents are so disconnected from their kids that their kids don't tell them anything until one day they go shoot up a school or worse. Uh, and you know, even competition in school is, you know, I don't never believed in competition. Uh, on one of the social media sites, I don't know, I think it was LinkedIn or who knows what, they asked a question, a business question of the business owners there uh, about competition. How do you deal with your competition? And I posted an answer there that, believe it or not, got a lot of likes. I says, I don't believe in competition. I just do the best I can for my clients. But when you set children up against each other, what do you expect? And then you got the bullying kids, then you got the latchkey kids, then you got the parentless kids because parents just want to have kids and, and I don't know, I guess they expect them to grow up by themselves. Uh, it's, a, it's a crazy world. You know, when I was growing up in Brooklyn, very few mothers worked, okay? And we all the kids used to play outside on the street because we all had small apartments we don't want to be stuck in that all day but i'll tell you what michael if one kid did something wrong or one kid fell down somebody's mother was there to take care of it everybody cared about everybody's kids you know today forget about it when their own parents don't care about them why would your neighbor care about them uh, so, you know, and this is all in just one lifetime. <laughs> oh, my God, I say. This is one lifetime. Look at what's happened. Uh, but if you look at small kids, really small kids, kids before they go into the programming of school, you could put five or six, even ten little toddlers together. They could be toddlers from different walks of life, different color skin, and they're all curious and loving with each other. Okay, they know how to play together. You know, they don't see color. Uh, and then, of course, the parents take over and transfer whatever their hangups are onto their children. Because when I used to teach kids uh, here in Arizona, what I found was they were wonderful, Michael, up until the fourth grade. Yeah. But by the fourth grade, they were like little clones of their parents, and that wasn't a good thing. Yeah. What age is that, Maria? We don't have that system here. Well, fourth, fourth grade, I would say they're probably hmm, nine or ten. Yeah. But the kids I taught that were second graders, you know, they may be five, four, five, six, they were a delight. These children were loving. They were kind. They were highly spiritual because I was teaching them about the Native Americans that lived in the desert uh, as part of a, a desert acclimation program that all the schools had to go through. And I was teaching them about uh, the Native children that used to live here 2,000 years ago. And I would sit them in a medicine wheel, even though I was warned by the school that I couldn't bring in anything spiritual because I was going to teach them that on an environmental level. And even though I would teach them on an environmental level, when I passed around the talking stick, these kids would tell me stories that would blow your mind, Michael. I felt like a big spirit came down and sat down next to me. These kids were having total spiritual experiences, but when fourth graders came around, I dreaded it. They were rude. They were little know-it-alls. Uh, you could see that some of them were bullies. 
because I had one child that the mother did not want to bring in because her kid was in a wheelchair. And she said it would disturb the group. It would be too disturbing. And I had said to her, but your son needs to be in this medicine wheel. So as, as we try to get this kid out of his wheelchair to sit down on the ground, I could see a couple of those little nasty kids, you know, giggling or making fun of this kid. And I immediately addressed that to those children. And I said, listen, if this was 2,000 years ago and you were Anasazi, that boy would be what you would call your Hayoka. He was the prophet in your group. He would never have to work. Everyone would take care of all his needs and treat him as the prophet that he is. Michael, it changed every kid in that circle's attitude. I said, sometimes you just don't know when you have an angel sitting amongst you and you need to treat him that way. That's a wonderful thing to say, Maria. Well, you know, after a while, it just got to be too much for me because here that I am teaching them about the environment while they're digging up the desert all around us to put in, you know, 20-room homes with six-car garages and whatnot. And I gave them my resignation and I said, listen, children are not stupid. I can't sit here teaching them that we're saving the environment when their own eyeballs are showing them something different. And the woman who owned the the facility said to me, but you made a commitment. And I looked at her and I said, listen, I have a commitment to something way higher than you, and I'm leaving. I felt my leaving taught those children more than if I stayed there and looked like a hypocrite to them. Uh, And again, you know, where is the sacred being taught to these children? Certainly not by getting an AR-15 for Christmas. No. The other thing, of course, that's important at this time is that people need to consider the type of world they are creating for their children to live in. Mm -hmm. A short-sightedness or a blindness regarding what's going on at the moment with, with how this will be a few years from now if we let it... Uh, continue on its current course. Is that the world you want for your children? Right. If it isn't, then fight for your children with the light. Fight for your children by saying no to this. Fight for your children by, by, as you just said, Maria, I answer to a greater authority than you, and I do not acknowledge your authority at all. I mean, it hurt me to leave because one little girl came over to me. She couldn't have been more than five, Michael. She was so cute. And uh, she tugged on my shirt while I was packing up my stuff. And I looked down at her and I said, what is it, sweetheart? And she looked at me and she said, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. Another child went back uh, from, she was only here for the summer. She went back to her school and they had a what did you do over the summer thing. And her grandmother was also a teacher where I taught she was the one that told me the story. She said, I did everything I could while my grandchild was here. She took her hot balloon riding, all these things. She said, but when it was time for show and tell in her school, she made the teacher allow her to set the chairs in a circle and repeated word for word what I had taught in that medicine wheel. 
and that there was one boy who was in a wheelchair in her class sitting outside the circle, and she said to him, a little girl, she was probably about seven, she said, you need to come inside the circle. You've been outside the circle too long. So, you know, for me, that was very rewarding to hear. Yes, indeed. Uh, because children are smart. You know, if you get them at the right age, they're very smart. But if all you're going to do is stick an iPod in their hands or, or whatnot, and these kids are getting hyperstimulated all day long and only exercising their thumbs, what do you expect is going to happen as they grow? You know, it's sad, you know, it's sad and it's good, and you know, depending on what side you look at it from. Uh, Michael, let's take a short break here. We'll be right back. If you're on your spiritual journey, either as a beginner or a long-time trekker, why not find out what's next for you? And not just here in this life, but after you leave this world. I find that many people are interested in who they were in past lives, but I've always preferred showing people what awaits them in their next life, your future self. Spiritual guidance is important as we move through this reality. Sometimes it's really hard to stay in balance here. Simple guidance and simple spiritual tools will help you make the path a whole lot smoother. So set up a consultation with me today at maria.net and let's look forward together. And now back to the show. Welcome back to The Bigger Picture, where we're talking about the little kids and what's going on and how do we save our cute little kids. Uh, you also, in the book, say that we should educate our children to who and what they are. Yes, yes. And that's becoming more and more difficult, Maria, because we've forgotten who we are and what we are. Uh, yeah, the, the spirituality should be high on the uh, curriculum. Uh, not religious instruction, but uh, acknowledgement of spirituality. And as you say, connecting with nature, connecting with higher vibrations, so that we, we have children who from an early age are encouraged, if they have the gift, to connect to higher vibrations and bring through information of value to all humanity and counseling to all humanity. And that's not done either. Mm -hmm. we, we just see them as... Uh, as units to process so that they can take their place in society without rocking the boat. We need people to rock the boat. Uh, look at the society we've got. Right. So we should be, if, if they don't find it at school, they should be able to find it at home with their parents. And there's a duty with parents to investigate the spiritual aspects of their personality and to pass on what they've found to their children. Right. And to encourage those children who see spirits, who can hear spirits, who are, are connected to, to the light, so that they can bring light into the world for future generations. Exactly. Well, listen, I mean, wherever you go, if I don't know about you, you're probably the same as I am. I and mean, wherever I am, if I see a newborn or, or, you know, somebody with a little baby in a stroller, all I see is light beaming out of that stroller. I see light. These little babies are born. Everybody smiles when they see a baby. Yes. But unfortunately, they don't smile as the children grow. All of a sudden, there's something that's in the way. Uh, but luckily, you know, I have a few clients who are very, have very special gifted children. 
and they have the right parents because the parents have spiritual knowledge. So they don't poo-poo when their children are telling them that they're clear audience or, or, you know, seeing peripheral visions or whatever. But when I counsel the parent, I tell them, just make sure you tell your daughter. This is not something she can discuss with just anybody because our world will say, you know, they'll put a label on her that she's mentally ill or this, that, the other thing. When everything is right with that child, they'll make you feel as though everything is wrong with that child. Yes, which shows how far we've, we've come from the light, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It shows how we are down that rabbit hole uh, from the light where we started and that is still within us. Right. Uh, right. And this is a time for contemplation on spirituality. We mentioned that the you mentioned at the beginning, Maria, that people are contacting you and they are they're terrified, understandably so, and they're upset and understandably so. The, the the antidote to that, the remedy, is to spend some time in spiritual contemplation every day. And to understand that even if you can't personally see the spirits that are around you, they are indeed around you. They are indeed aware of what you are going through, and they are indeed lending their energies to you to lift you up out of the trough that the rest of the world, the dark depression that the rest of the world has put itself into. So, uh, sometime connecting to the silence in stillness is vital at this time. It's vital. Not only will it uplift you, but it will give you pointers as to what to do during your day and during the weeks ahead. Your inspirations, your your intuition will be activated and you will make the right decisions without fear and with that spiritual strength that we each have. Exactly. You know, I've told my children through the years, I mean, they know it well by now, that when I'm in the quiet, that's when I'm working the hardest. Yes. You know, I remember my ex-husband, and thus the ex uh, if he saw, you know, caught me just sitting quietly, he would say, why aren't you working? <laughs> and as a creative mind and a spiritual teacher and a writer at the time, I said, when I'm quiet, I am working. <laughs> and, you know, to people that don't get it, it's because they are never comfortable with the quiet. And we have this hum, this hum around the planet of constant noise wherever we go. Yeah. Uh, and people think the way they shut it out is by plugging in something else into their head or their earpiece. Uh, not to hear the outside noise, but they always have to have constant noise. Like people who have to live with their television on, whether they're watching it or not. Yes, yes. And of course, they don't want the quiet. They don't want the stillness. Because in the quiet and the stillness, they have to get to know themselves. And they spend their whole life from the surface only and don't get to know themselves. And they're frightened of knowing themselves. They're frightened what they might learn. They're frightened what they might discover about themselves. They're frightened because they have to examine who they are and how they react to others and how they react to this world and what they believe in. And I think that's the real reason why they always have to have noise on. Because if you've got noise on all the time, you can't think. And if you can't think, you can't contemplate. And if you don't contemplate, you don't connect with your true self. No, you'll never have an original thought. You'll just believe what you're told to believe. Yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah. and for me, like I know we've said this a million times, my father always said to me from when I was a little girl, question everything. 
especially authority. Yes. You know, so now you've got these four shots, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, what would my father do? Uh, when they came out with the first polio shots, and they wanted to force those on us, my father did his research on the shot. They were going to suspend us from school. My father went up to school with his research and said, nobody's putting monkey guts inside my perfect children. They did not kick us out of school. We did not get the shot. Why are parents today not defending their children or doing their homework in the same way? Absolutely. And the the homework is there to do, the the research is there to do, but people don't want to do it. Any, Any reasoning person, if they did the research for a single day on various sites on their computer, would find a completely different picture of what is going on and would be led by their own spirit, by the, their true selves, to, to, to find the correct information. But it is easier not to do it. It's easier to fall in line, as you said, you know, because I want the beer or I want the comfort of home. I don't want anything to disturb my life. Mm. What about everyone else's life? We're all, there's, a, there's a saying, we're all in this together, which I hate because they promoted that at the beginning of all this nonsense, all this madness. Right. But there's another meaning to that. We are all in this together spiritually, if we would but realize it. We are legion spiritually, and we owe it to ourselves, to each other, and to our children to investigate, not to just accept blindly, but to find out what is really going on. And it's not hard to do, is it? No, it isn't. Well, listen, people don't have to look far. All they have to do is come listen to my show because I do the homework, and then I put the truth out there. Uh, But I guess it's too much truth because my web guy told me a couple weeks ago I had to download and buy some other program because he says your site just keeps getting attacked by foreign countries. He says it has to be your content, Maria. (laughs) I was like, okay, but I'll buy it. I'll put it on the site. Because my content's not going to change, you know. Truth is truth. Whether people want to hear it or not, truth is truth. Uh, But, you know, we all living, you know, people have to get the darkness and the forces that run this planet. The evil that lives in between between the spaces. Uh, Their goal is to kill us all. You know, I still haven't been able to figure out if they're going to kill us with the shot or the people that don't have the shot. I haven't gotten a clear answer on that yet. Uh, but I had a friend like the friend you talked about earlier in the show. He trusts he trust his uh, doctors. He trusts the media. He went for the first shot. He went for the second shot, even though he has a million diseases. So it's probably the worst thing for him. Uh, but then when they came out and said, you now have to get a booster, that woke him up. And he said to me, there's no way I'm getting that booster. And I feel like I was duped into taking those shots. Yeah. Now, I tried to talk to him before that. But, you know, listen, everybody has to do what they have to do. Uh, but it was interesting because that totally flipped him. Because I, I saw my own my own doctor this week, and I said to him, you know, now that they're doing these boosters, doesn't that prove that the shot doesn't work? Yeah. And my doctor told me, he says, Maria, this is all political. They won't even tell us what's in the shot. Yes, yes. So, you know, I, I was like, yeah, well, there'd be no shot for me. 
Okay, let's get back to the book. You talk about something very interesting that I never thought of before, that there could be a partial manifestation of diva children. Now, I know what the divas are. <laughs> They're yeah. basically what keeps us alive on this planet, whether it's the animals, whether it's you know the gnomes, the fairies, whatever people want to call them. But are you saying that they can also have children? Yes, in the same way that we as angels have children. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a physical thing. When an angelic, uh, a group of angels visits a planet uh, that they have created, they do not visit that planet initially uh, totally as the angels that they are. They project part of themselves into the experience of that planet. Now, as they do that, that projection becomes a child, as it were, becomes independent, capable of independent decision and independent experience. And that is the way that angels create angels. Uh, and as above, so below, that's how we create children, but on a physical level. But it mimics what happens on an angelic level. Uh, and the, the divas uh, have volunteered since the time of the fall to, to be part of our experience here, to provide the backdrop mm -hmm. and the other forms of life that are around us that we can have our experience against. Mm -hmm. But because of the effects of the fall, because of the negativity of this world, they cannot, as it were, reproduce themselves totally. And so they put out tendrils or feelers as they would do uh, on other planets but those feelers do not result in an independent diva in a child uh, of themselves uh, becoming independent and becoming another diva instead they express themselves through those tendrils of energy as what we've just been talking about uh, and I, I, I hesitate to use the term because it has been derided so much but you have fairies, you have uh, other manifestations of the diva that are their, uh, what would you say, they're an extension of themselves, almost like a, a partially formed child. Right. But they cannot sustain themselves in that form, and so eventually have to be reabsorbed uh, by the diva, whereas in the normal course of creation, they would eventually become a diva in their own right. But again, because of the restrictions we've got on this world, because of the fall, they can't do that. Right. And so they, the, the, the divas project partially out from themselves, a part of themselves, but that part of themselves does not become an independent diva and eventually has to be reabsorbed into the diva that sent it out. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you think of children? Children seem to be the ones that say they can see fairies. There's a lot of fairy movies out, uh, movies yes. about, you know, fairies. And, and of course, the famous Finehorn Gardens, uh, yes. which basically is run by fairies. Otherwise, nothing would grow there because it wasn't exactly a, a rich soil type of place. Um, do you think that kids only can see fairies because they're pure? Yes, because there is an innocence there that allows them to see fairies and allows them to see spirit guides and allows them to see into other dimensions, as we all can in our spiritual innocence. But uh, as, as we grow here, there is this thick crust of um, 
maintain that innocent link. We don't approach higher vibrations in complexity, we approach them in simplicity. And that's why children, for a time, are able to see uh, fairies, are able to see these extensions of diva activity. But as they grow and the world encroaches on them, that facility usually shuts down. Well, either shuts down or their parents shut it down and saying, you know, that's Indeed. just your imagination, you know what you're talking about, you know, uh, and other kids maybe making fun of them or whatever. So this is another reason why I counsel parents of these children to keep it to yourselves. Yes. You know, until, of course, the child is old enough and brave enough to put it out there. Because uh, I could tell you it wasn't easy growing up being me when everybody knew that I could see through them like they were made out of glass. Okay. Uh, yes, indeed. So it was, pretty, it was pretty difficult being me. I can't count how many slaps across the face I got growing up. It's a wonder I still have a face and I don't have tic de la rue. <laughs> so, um, the divas. Let's talk about the divas because, you know, you know I, I follow the news all around the world. And I'm watching, you know, just this week alone, the manatees, they're going extinct. They're dying. And, of course, they never seem to know why the animals are dying. Uh, birds are still falling dead out of the sky in Spain. Um uh, now here in America, the stupidity, they want to do these wolf hunts and they want to kill the buffalo in Yellowstone to save the cows, oh, great. Uh, let alone the food production of how they treat the animals, which are the divas that hold this planet together. Um, my sense is the more of them that leave, the closer we are to a collapse. I would agree with that entirely. I would agree with that entirely. And we, the problem we have at the moment is that if we become the, so out of step with the earth that we are of a different vibration than the earth, then we will have to go into stasis. It's not that the earth will reject us, it's that the earth cannot sustain us if we change our vibration so much that we cannot relate to it and cannot relate to the divas that supply the, the, the landscape of the earth. And we are dangerously close to that point because we are accepting what's going on, we are shutting out spirituality, we are shutting out any notion of a, a higher power, and by doing that we change our vibrationary rate. It doesn't elevate, it decreases. And as it decreases, we become out of step with this reality, which is in fact a temporary illusion put there so that we can have experience. So it's down to us to maintain our link to spirituality if we wish to continue our journey uh, across this world, our experience across this world, uh, and if we wish society to continue, humanity to continue. If we don't, then we must simply give in to what's happening at the moment and we will be removed. Right. Well, might be better for the planet. I hate to say it. Uh, you know, I mean, me, for me, I have to tell you, one of my favorite parts of nature is trees. Everybody knows I'm a tree crazy person. Uh, and when I read in, uh, in this book, you know, how trees die or why trees die, um, and I'm looking at how many trees we've lost, you know, to the fire or, you know, whatever in this country. And they're saying they won't be coming back. Um, do you think it's also because of our contribution to the negativity that kills our trees as well? Yes, absolutely. 
we shut them out, then there is no reason for them to be here. Mm-hmm. And so the divas will withdraw the energy from those particular forms of life, and they will be lost to us. If we don't show them respect, if we don't notice them, and we're always on our phones, and we're always in our offices, and we're always uh, running along at 200 miles an hour, then what purpose have they? Right. That energy is not being connected to them, then that energy will be withdrawn. We have to respect life. We have to appreciate life. And we have to notice life, which we're not doing at the moment. Exactly. Well, what about animal souls? What happens when an animal dies? Does it have to suffer for a long time, or is it an automatic transfer for them? It is as much as is possible an automatic transfer for them. Uh, They have a different view of life to begin with. Their perspective of life and death is different than ours. Uh, they, They still suffer, unfortunately, in the moments leading to death because again, of the fall, because of the negativity of of this earth. But the the diva that is in charge of the creation of those life forms tries to extricate those life forms uh, before suffering can take place, and and so that the the transition is is as peaceful as it possibly can be. Um, So they don't suffer in the same way that we do. But because of us, it's always because of us, Maria, Mm. there is some involved because we have imposed on them the vibrations of the fall it's uh i'll tell you man is always the most destructive animal on the face of the earth without question of a doubt i mean it's a terrible thing but somebody used to say that all the time he would say the most dangerous of animals is the two-legged uh, and yet, at the same time, if you're a human and you're out, you know, I, I know it's happened to, to me many times, if you're outdoors and you're doing something sacred, the animals know that and they respect it. Yes. Uh, so, you know, people have to remember that we are part of nature. We're not separate from it. Yeah. Uh, and that the divas have sacrificed. They, they needn't be here with us. They have decided to be here with us and to remain here with us so that we can get ourselves out of the mess that we've got ourselves in. They needn't do that. They have such love for us, expressed in so many different life forms, that they will remain here so that we can work out our problems. Now, that, that, that is humbling. Their sacrifice is humbling. But we need to acknowledge that. Because there is no point to them being here if they are not contributing to our experience and if we are not appreciating their contribution to that experience. Exactly. Well, Michael, we're just about out of time, but I know you and I will talk <laughs> next year again. Uh, Absolutely, any, Maria, yes. Any, any parting advice for the audience as we close out 2021? Yes. Keep the faith. Hold the line. Stream the light. Be what you truly are, and you will change this situation. Well, that's beautiful. We'll end on that. Thanks so much, Michael. We'll talk again soon. All love to you, Maria. You take good care of yourself. You too. Bye, Michael. Bye Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Michael Rekia. I think he's been with the show now 12 years, putting out pure spiritual truth. And I hope you took some comfort and some advice from the show. 
Because if you start getting into fear, you're going to get sucked into the matrix. And none of this is real, and soon none of it will matter. Anyway, thanks again for listening to the show, for supporting the show. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening and supporting The Maria Show. Tell others what you learned today. Knowledge becomes wisdom only when it's shared. Encourage others to subscribe today. www.maria.net Often imitated, never duplicated. A world of information all in one place. www.maria.net Always ahead of the curve. Always on your side. Get active or get radioactive. Subscribe today.